Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge post-draft edition. I am here with Aaron Larsoul, who was in the Lakers war room as it all went down. I was at the facility. I was was at the facility. You were right next to Rob Palenka as he made the call to to both of the guys that the Lakers drafted. Well, I mean, somebody has to get the coffee, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um... Yeah, we we uh, there's a lot to go over here. A lot. I think there's a lot of Lakers specific stuff. Obviously, they have two new guys. Uh, you know that that feel at least uh, that are going to be parts of next year. Um, we still are waiting on on some uh, undrafted free agent stuff. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. One thing that really caught my attention late in the draft was Chris Livingston. Um, Rich Paul apparently telling teams not to draft him. That is, I don't, uh, I don't think that's what he said. I think it was he was telling certain teams not to because he had a he had a promise somewhere in the second round. I think that's what the tweet said. Um, it, I, I I think it's somewhere in between there. I, I, I I'll, I'll I, look I'll look at it right now. He had he tweeted a lot, so yeah. If you find <laughs> if you find it cool. Yeah, um, it was, it was, but uh, I took it. I took it to I mean thought. that, like, hey, like, kind of a Reeves situation. Let's just back off here. Let us pick our spot. Um, you know, we have a promise for whatever next year, and because of the relationship that Clutch has with the Lakers, that caught my attention, and that is something that I am going to be looking for as well. Um, also, somebody oh, that yeah, you know what? We're both right and we're both wrong. Yeah, I just it was read kind it quickly like I said, at the facility. Update here, Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul began calling teams in the second round and requested them not to take client Chris Livingston. So you have that part right. And then I read this quickly at the facility. Yeah. It's believed Livingston has a set draft spot in the second round. Yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe he maybe the those are teams two different things he was calling was the the team that had the second round promise and told him not to. I don't I don't know. That is weird. Yeah. Contradictory. So- 
Um, in Sham's defense, though, he sent out, and Woj also, there was all kind of, you know, there's all kind of typos and, and mistweets and all that. These dudes are yeah. sending out like 300 tweets in the last, you know, few hours or so. So, you know what they didn't send? You know what tweets they didn't send? Uh oh, I'm nervous. Player trade tweets. We didn't get it. Like, it mm. was contract dumps. That was it. The, as far as like rotation players who are going to make differences next year, didn't happen. Uh, well, here you go. So the Warriors are trading Patrick Baldwin Jr. to the Wizards as part of the Chris Paul Jordan pool trade. Um, but that, yeah, as yeah, far as that, that makes it even worse. What? For the Warriors. Does it? Yeah. Is Patrick Baldwin like any good? And I, I watched him uh, and I didn't can, think he can really like, he can really shoot it, and he is currently the tallest guy on the Warriors roster. He's a he's kind <laughs> of a like think of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors are acquiring the number 57 pick from Washington and taking your guy, Trace Jackson Davis, somebody you were hoping you, you texted me that you liked. Uh, um, yeah, I, 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 he was, he was, yeah, well. He yeah, really I, slipped. I, I liked him, yes. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was also hoping he would fall um, out of the draft, but, you know, kudos. Oh, by the way, to, well, to the people that are not live, if you guys are listening to this tomorrow, the Lakers yeah. launch tomorrow, um, we're almost through the second round, but we're we're recording this with Just about a little three. bit, yeah, a few handful of picks left. Three. So, um, yeah, I I wanted to I want to start macro because I think there's going to be plenty of time in the next days and weeks to discuss. Um, okay, there's Chris Livingston to the Milwaukee Bucks at 58, but um, it it is uh, interesting to me that we did not get any impact players moved on draft night. That is a new one. Um, and especially given, you know, everything I had heard heading into tonight was look out for all kinds of movement, get ready mm -hmm. for this, get ready for that. You know, you have movement for a variety of reasons, right? You're going to have movement from, you know, from teams that are trying to get money on their books to hit the salary floor. You're going to have teams trying to shed money. If, if at all possible, you're going to have teams trying to add to their rotation, uh, because of how wide open the field was this year. Um, and lo and behold, nothing. It was a very quiet draft night. I mean, uh, not nothing. Rashawn Holmes, Davis Bertans, those guys move the needle for you. Um, well, let's also, I mean, we, we brought it up already. Like it was, it technically, um, you know, Chris Paul, I would say moves the needle. Right. Um, especially with, with some interest, um, uh, from the two Los Angeles teams, it, it wasn't like during the draft, but it was today. And then obviously, well, Chris Paul twice getting traded and Beal. So, um, there have been some, some, some names that have moved the needle, but as, as it relates to, yes, I think the, I think Dallas, um, the Dallas and then da Dallas and OKC and then Dallas and Sacramento. Rashawn Holmes is not a huge name. Davis Bertans not a huge name, but their contracts are a big deal, right? And two of, I mean, they're not huge money contracts. Bertans was eighteen and 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 um, Rashawn Holmes uh, twelve and then thirteen. Mm -hmm. um, so I was interested in the cap space positioning right because dallas with the first deal trading out bertans and taking nothing back and and um 
you know, being willing to to move down two spots for the, you know, for the cost of getting off of Bertans, and, that and opened the them up. Got. Say that again. Well, they got the guy and that lively. They wanted, they, they wanted lively anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, who who the Lakers also had a lot of interest in. Um, so I was interested in that because that gave them an opportunity. They don't have any cap space now because of um, because of of uh, Kyrie's cap hold, but that gave them a, a path to open up not max level cap space, but in the thirty million range, which. Mm-hmm you know, opens up some interesting names um, for them. Same one. Sure. Or, you know, like Kuz maybe, or even even an offer sheet to Austin. Like having 30 million in space really opens you up to some possibilities. But then it was kind of a strange move. I know they liked the the French guy that they, they drafted at 24, but they also, with Sacramento, uh, took, they gave Sacramento now the opportunity to have 30, 35 million in cap space by them getting off of Rashawn Holmes which was strange to me um, from Dallas's perspective because it cuts into that space. Mm-hmm. And he plays, he didn't play in Sacramento's rotation. They were playing Alex Len ahead of him. Um, and they didn't have any big guys. He being other, Rashawn Holmes. Yes. They didn't have any big guys other than, other, other than Don, Sabonis. So that was strange to me because all that good work that Dallas did to open up that cap space and getting off of the bad money or the, the terrible money, they just took back, some of some bad money. So I know they really like, I can't pronounce his name, but I know they really like who they, who they Olivier, got. Yeah. Yes. Something. Yeah. So, I mean, that was interesting to me. So now like what does Sacramento do with that cap space that, you know, they were, they were the, uh, the three seed last year. They're probably going to lose Harrison Barnes, but that makes them possibly uh, a destination for, uh, you know, maybe Coos or maybe Draymond or, they mean look, they don't they ha- don't really have a need for guards, but you know that could be an offer sheet to some restricted free agent. So I, that was interesting to me, even though the names at this time are not particularly jaw dropping. It yeah, gives positioning some, for it gives some suitors and some teams that you know because we've thought of the teams with cap space as you know San Antonio and Detroit, um, Indiana, has Houston, some. Houston, exactly, but. Dallas and theoretically Sacramento or Sacramento and theoretically Dallas are probably places that could be more appealing uh, for a basketball fit for potential unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Agree with all of that. The the part of it that I continue to find interesting because we are really in uncharted territory here, uncharted waters when it comes to this new CBA and it literally legislating that it is more difficult for teams above that second apron to uh add talent to their rosters uh on top of ways are starting to pop in but continue yeah if you're watching live and you see me continuously looking at my phone it's because same i have mine right here so so i uh actually i'm responding to text so it doesn't look so obvious but um responding to text (laughs) and yeah all that still but working so so like i i i i really think um you know after after the league lost its gd mind <laughs> with <laughs> with the rudy gobert trade and then even donovan mitchell going for the number of picks that he went for yeah, and I mean, donovan was really going, good though he was but Dejounte, like, and now uh atlanta is drafting more guards which would indicate to me that they are not all that excited about paying Dejounte's next contract yeah um but 
I, right. the, the, re, the reason I right underneath for, right from underneath the Lakers. Uh, what's that? Trapping a guard from right. Yeah. Underneath right. The Lakers. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers liked Kobe. Um, uh-huh. but so I, I do think though that, uh, I think the, the, the market has corrected, not, it is no longer, it is no longer in the act of correcting. It is no longer like figuring it out right now. I think it is figured out with this new CBA coming, you want as much cost controlled talent as you can possibly get. And if you're going to move a first rounder, it's going to be for a stud, um, flat out, or you're getting, or you're, you're, you're getting some draft compensation with that player coming back. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, tonight really reflected that the market has fully corrected. Do you, do, do you agree, you know, with the premise? I mean, basically, um, yeah, I think I think um, teams. Like, are I think starting. pick swaps are going to be more popular. I think uh, you know the, the two way draft compensation the, and, the, second and second rounders. And um, yeah. I think that first rounders um, teams are are holding on to first rounders um, more tightly. Um, I think that's partially uh, due to the upcoming CBA um, and. You know, teams like Dallas, oh, excuse me, Denver, for example, just won the title. You're going to have to, you know, they have three max guys and they have uh, Aaron Gordon makes 20 something. Um, and they were able to get contributions from Christian Brown and Bruce Brown, who were uh, on a rookie deal and, and an exception. So I think you're going to have to continue to do, I think it's even more so. So, but I do still think that when, you know, let's say a player of that level, you know, like, like KD last year, if that guy becomes available um, or that I mean, KD is a top 12 or 15 guy at all time. Um, so like, let's say Dame, for example, right. If Dame becomes available, you're, it's still going to take a whole bunch of first round picks to, to get Dame. I think that though, what you're seeing is for the guys a notch or two beneath that, they're still stars, but you know, like for example, uh, you know, take the, the Bradley Beal thing. It's a little different because he had the, the, the no trade clause. So that restricted his market some, but for the, for the top 10 guys in the league, I still think you're, it's going to take tons of first round picks, but teams are less willing to do that for the, for the DeJounte Murray's of the world, for the Bradley Beals of the world, you yeah. know, those like 20 to 40 top 20 to 40 guys, you're just not going to get that kind of haul anymore. Yeah, I think that's also kind of reflective of what the pay scale is going to look like too. Where um, star like there's the, the 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 middle earner is not going to um, it's going to continue to disappear. I think in the NBA, and uh, we'll see what that continues to look like and what the players union does to combat it. But um, as it stands right now, I do really think that in this new CBA just about every resource is going to be devoted to putting together, you know, your two stars. And then from there, um, if you can get a third, maybe try to make it work. But for the most part, um, that's where you start to see all of the cost controlled asset management there. And, and I think to, this was the, the kind of first step towards that. And by the way, we still don't know the full extent of the CBA. Like no, I was talking with Raj, uh, that, that like, yeah, we've heard, um, and I think this is on purpose, but we have heard 
about all of the machinations that are limited when it comes to roster building um, that that have been limited. But on top of that, like we haven't heard what the actual tax, well, uh, like the financial know, taxes you, are going to be. You want to know why? Because well, it's, not, it's not done yet. There's that. It's agreed to. The teams don't. The teams don't have it yet. Yeah. Well, I, I think also, like, I, I think that is, like, you know, um, this is one of the places where I think the players' union kind of dropped the ball. It, it, they're looking at it from a perspective of like, well, it isn't actually a hard cap, but eight out of ten people that I've spoken to in terms of ratio are all saying this is a hard cap. <laughs> like, no matter what, no matter what background I'm talking to, and I've I've spoken to people from big markets, from small markets, mid markets, whatever. There, you know, the people who who know these kinds of things are all saying, "Yeah, this is a hard. This this is basically a hard cap." And I mean, it, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do my Darius. Yes and no. I mean, I think for a lot of teams it will be, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, okay, yes. I think for a lot of teams, I think for a lot of teams it will be, but not for everyone. Um, well, Phoenix doesn't care. Although Phoenix, right now, shockingly. I mean, new owner and you want to make a splash, but um, Phoenix is not going to receive the real punitive problems of it until down the road, because shockingly, it's the maybe the the highlight of the uh, Bobby Sarr's era, as you like to if you like to call it, <laughs> um, they don't pay the tax. So yeah. it doesn't really get They're punitive get until until it's like until you're in the repeater um, when you start losing draft picks and such. So or having them removed to the, to the, um, to the end. end. So I think, I mean, I think effectively it's going to have, and there's always unintended consequences for these kind of things, right? They, you know, the, the last big one was um, the designated, the designated veteran extension or like the super, super max. Yeah. Um, and the idea was to give uh, teams give the small market teams such a financial advantage in retaining their their own guys, the best players, as opposed to you know it's not that big of a difference. And I'd rather go take, you know, I, I'm willing to take 20 million less to go play for the Lakers as opposed to the Kings or something. Yeah. The unintended consequence is it made those teams have to make a decision, like uh, Sacramento, right? Like I'm not, we don't want to give him, we don't want to give Boogie Cousins you know, whatever the five years, yeah. 250 Paul George six years ago. So then you have to trade him. So there's going to be unintended consequences from this. I don't like it, but yeah, yeah, I don't like it as someone that, you know, follows two of the four or five or six highest spending teams in the league. So mm-hmm. of course I'm not going to like it. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings. There's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The other thing is, I just, I think we should, like, I think we should encourage, I think the league is better when there are super teams, right? Because yep. it, either you root for them or you, you, you love, you love to watch them win or you love to watch them lose. Right. It gives yeah. rooting interest and dynasties are good for the league. So I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I, I the, the idea feels a little half baked to me, but um, I do think we are starting to see teams pay attention to it and prepare for it. I mean, yeah. look, obviously the Warriors with the, with trading Jordan pool, getting off the, extra three years of, of Jordan Poole and taking in a year of, of Chris Paul. So I, teams are paid at Boston with their trade. Like it seems like a tiny, small little thing, but Boston getting picked 25 um, as part of the Chris Apps Porzingis deal from, from Memphis and then trading down again, six picks gets them to pick 31. Why does that matter? Well, because that's the second round. It's the first pick in the second round, which means there is not an automatic, uh, amount that you have to spend their non-guaranteed contracts as they would be in the first round. So they probably saved depending on what they, what deal they reach with the second round pick, they're saving a couple, two, three, four million. Um, they're at least saving probably two or 3 million, uh, 2 million this year, but over the life of the, the four year contract that they would have to give the 25 pick, you know, that's probably a 10 or 12 or maybe $14 million difference when they have, when they're going to have to pay Jalen Brown coming up here, they're going to mm-hmm. have to probably bring back Grant Williams. They already have Jason Tatum. Now Porzingis, if they want to bring him back after this one year, like those little incremental moves matter when you're up against that second, that second yeah. apron. So, and you may not get a, a, a lot of teams favorite, honestly, their favorite pick in the draft. There are teams, if you said, I mean, not when you, when Minyama is here, right. But, there are a lot of teams that just in a random draft, their the pick they would most like to have is 31 because yeah. the difference in quality of player generally from 20 to 31 is probably not going to be very different. And it gives you a lot more financial flexibility. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Lakers really quick uh, right. as you are about to hop back onto your phone for, for some Lakers stuff. But um, I want to, I, I want to start before we talk about the players and I'm going to spend tonight looking at the players specifically. And, um, you know, from, from what I've seen so far and from what I've heard so far, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at least compelled. I'm at least interested. Mm-hmm. The thing for me that I I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of square. And, and I think this is where you and I are going to find some disagreements is, um, Look, at the end of the day, the return on the trade is is going to define whether or not you are going to make a trade or a team is going to make a trade. We just spent the last 10 minutes talking about uh, how first-rounders aren't going to be used on role players anymore, and yet those teams that have those role players are expecting to get back first-rounders for those role players, and I think that's kind of what we ran into tonight as an explanation for why moves for actual players... um, weren't weren't made as much uh so we'll kind of see i think over the next you know couple weeks and stuff what kind of trades open up for second rounders and stuff um but for me um not just using number 17 on a player and not you know trading that pick to go out and get 
a starter or two even given the price or given the value of first rounders um but also using it on what appears to be more of a a project you know more of an upside type play um given the fact that the lakers were just in the western conference finals it 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 it's the kind of thing that i, I can't help but you know get bumped by you know it's it's, it's the kind of thing that like i stub my toe on yeah. Uh, so, so explain that for me. Okay. So, um, this is what I say. So, so this is, uh, we used to talk about this when doing the hook, uh, last season and, um, when I would go on, you know, spaces, um, and just pop in and, and try to give some insight and, you know, with a lot of like with Russ, you know, everybody yelling like they're not doing anything. And the point always comes back to and this is not this is not a Lakers fan thing specifically, but Lakers fans are probably the primary culprit of this. Is that it takes the other team wanting to do something also. Yeah. Right. The Lakers don't just get to like pick and choose go down the go down the list and just say like this one right um you ready you want to see this this show is like too easy and too fun we have to i mean not too fun but this is not ridiculous enough so i'm gonna make this ridiculous okay i have a reputation for bringing lots of friends to games right okay um friends of the opposite sex oh yeah i saw that Uh, one bad news about Lonzo. Um, and so people will say to me, like, like, why don't you have a girlfriend? Like you have all these girls they are also great, whatever. Why don't you just like pick one and like do something real? Okay. And my pushback is like, that's such an outdated thing, right? It's like every, it, the idea is that every single one of those girls is dying to be with me. And I'm just like, and I could just go pick one, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, it's just a lineup and I get to pick and choose, right? They have agency in this too. Do some of them want to be with him? Yeah, maybe. Um, do all of them? No. So the thought that like, it's a crude analogy, but Lakers fans, and again, not exclusively Lakers fans, have this tendency to think that like, everybody should be available to them. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work that way, right? Like, okay, like I get a starter or as you said, a starter or two for the 17th pick. Okay, whom? How do you know those people are available? So to be disappointed in something that you don't know, like it's there's an assumption that there's always a deal there. Sometimes there just isn't a deal, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. there is these the, the 29 other teams in varying measures have very smart people running the, their operations too, right? And they all have different objectives. So like, I get like it, the option is, or the, the alternative is like, okay, I'm look, I'm sure there are some guys that I, I don't know. There is nothing that I heard of that made me say, yes, like the Lakers passed up an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers took calls. There were calls made for once the 17th pick came up. This is also another thing I think you and I have talked about, maybe not on the show, maybe offline is that teams were much less willing this year as opposed to years prior to just kind of take a flyer on a pick, right? Like yeah. I'll trade you pick 17 three days ago. It was much more so teams were wanting to see who was going to be available at each slot. Like 
there were a ton of teams that were trying to trade like earlier in the day were trying to trade uh, with the Pacers for the seventh pick. And the thinking behind that was that a lot of teams wanted Anthony Black and mm-hmm. everybody knew that he was going to go. Washington was going to take him eight. So a million teams were trying to jump ahead of uh, of that to Indiana seven so they could get him. But six. once But once Orlando picked him sixth, that dies for Indiana because everybody wanted the guy who left. Yeah. So like part of it was like, all right, well, who's available at 17? That's going to impact the desperation for teams if they have somebody in mind that they want. So I, what I can tell you is that at least from what I heard and what was, what was brought to my attention, the Lakers did not pass on any, like anything that would make you stub your toe. There wasn't something out there that the Lakers just didn't do, right? Have you heard you like one or two? I know the two that <laughs> you're saying with the two starters that have been linked to the Lakers for two years. That was not available. Okay. That, that was not available before the draft. That was not available at 17. Um, it just wasn't available. Um, as far as the like, I do, I do get it, right? Like the 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 premise. Like, the Lakers were in the Lakers were in the Western Conference Finals last year. And you want to get better now, right? LeBron is however old LeBron is. And you want to get better now. I understand the premise. And I don't disagree with the premise. The Lakers need more reliable guys, more rotation guys. Um, But if that's not there, that's not there. Um, And look, you don't have to, like, nothing is set in stone. Anything, anything is, anything is, anything in anyone is movable. So I do understand the premise. But my pushback is just like, unless you know of something that's actually available, then like, I, I think it's hard to hold Rob's feet to the fire to say like, why didn't you do this when it's kind of all theoretical? So all fair. Um, and you know, I also over the course of the day did hear that same thing. Not that like, you know, you need your stuff confirmed or whatever, but I did hear that, with so much movement potentially now we didn't see the same type of personnel movement that was that was anticipated but that like for a variety of reasons teams did want to see exactly who was available which shortened windows for these transactions to be agreed on and if you shorten a window for a transaction to be agreed on that is already usually pretty difficult to you know put you know put together Mm -hmm. then that makes it that much less likely. And, and we've seen, and we saw, you know, over the course of, of the draft, I was getting texts about like, you know, so-and-so thought they were getting so-and-so and, and the prices are just so far off between seller and buyer right now that it just wasn't happening. And I think, right. And, and to, to your earlier point and my point about like teams want to see who's there before that, like teams have conversations like, Hey, would you do this if this guy is available? Right. That, that does happen. But when it gets down to it, there's five minutes, five five minutes minutes. to make a pick. Like, and so if you don't already have a framework in place, because like, for example, uh, Cam fell, like, you know, some places had him fourth. Most places had him about eighth. He was there in the twenties. Right. So this happens all the time in the draft where it just doesn't go how you like, doesn't go how you think it's going to go. Right. So, if you have not don't already have that framework in place, especially with so many moving parts, like the Lakers took three or four, maybe calls at 17. Right. But like, 
in five minutes, like it's that's tough to do. Yeah, that's yeah, tough and, to and do. I and look, I, I you use the phrase "holding feet to the fire." Um, I'm not quite there, and I don't think I'll get there this off season. I think you know, with the way that the trade deadline went down, and because the Lakers made it to the Western Conference Finals, like there is an amount of goodwill there that you know the front office has earned itself. Mm-hmm. That said, um, because like it's it, it's almost like a double edged sword. That with with that goodwill comes higher expectations, and you're saying to yourself like, "Well, shit." Um, you know, while while I, I get and understand what you're talking about, where you know, <laughs> uh, Lakers fans do have outsized expectations, it's because of the amount of success that their team has has offered them. We've been a spoiled bunch, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like but I don't, a lot of yes, yes. Like when, a I, when I'm a Vikings fan, I don't like. Ago. I don't when every time when every time like a, a player becomes available because you know in, in the NFL, I'm not He's like not going to the, the Vikings. Vikings are gonna yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I don't sit there and like do jersey swaps for the Vikings because I know that shit isn't happening. But with the Lakers, though, like that is part of the culture. That is part of the expectation, and um, and I do think that like. You know, we'll see how the rest of the the offseason plays out. Mm-hmm. From what I've heard to this point, the likeliest scenario here is that they run most of this roster back um, with a couple tweaks here and there, uh, depending on what's made available to them. They're still on track for that. They can still bring D'Angelo Russell back. They can still opt into their contract with Malik Beasley. They can still guarantee Mo Bamba's contract if they want more size up there and they want a longer look at that. They can see what Max Christie presents at the two this year um, in ways that, you know, he didn't get the opportunity to do so next year. I think Dennis Schroeder has probably priced himself out. One player I have my eye on given all of the, the movement up front that Dallas has done is Dwight Powell to see if he's available at, at say the taxpayer mid-level. Um, but I think like there's, there are some th- some things that can be done here, given what the Lakers are working with. And again, um, you know, the guys that the Lakers drafted, I don't believe that, like, they, I, I believe they can still be traded um, up yeah, until... Can, yeah, yeah, you can trade them. Yeah, like, they can still be traded. I, I, I think there's a time when they can't... I think uh, 30 days. I think you have to wait 30 days. Well... No, you have to wait 30 days after they sign once their they contract. Sign. Once they sign the contract, you have to wait 30 days. Until yeah. they sign, you can trade their rights immediately. Right. Uh that's yeah. And and so um you know there 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 could still be some movement here and and we could still see what what this offseason looks like. I just um I find myself agreeing with a lot of people right now. Um on on all sides of the uh, of you know every point along the spectrum. I understand the people who are really excited about you know, somebody who is described as like a taller Dennis Schroeder. That's exactly the kind of player defensively that the Lakers needed um, in this in this postseason. Uh, there are a lot of people who are really excited about uh, Maxwell Davis, I think his name is, um, a first-round talent who fell down to pick number 40. So, like, I, I understand that there's excitement there, but I also understand and find myself more kind of aligned with the people who were looking at, at, you know, them coming off of a Western Conference Finals and being told, hey, here's these two young guys who probably won't play for you next year. Sure. Um, it's Maxwell Lewis, but yes. Um, what did I say? Davis? Davis. Yeah. But that's fine. Anthony yeah. could be his brother or something. Um, yeah, no, that's that's fair. What you're, uh, yes. Um, he is more of a, 
he is more of a uh, a project. Um, but what the 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 context always matters, right? And mm-hmm. what was the opportunity cost? It's the same conversation about keeping the pick or trading the pick. Is okay, like sure, I understand like being not as excited about you know bringing in two guys that you say maybe are not going to be able to play this year okay and mm-hmm. w- but what was the alternative we always have to consider that yeah i mean like, no i is, it, no it, no if there's somebody that was picked later that you say okay you should have taken this guy because i'm sure he could help now okay i mean maybe maybe you're right maybe you're wrong maybe i would agree maybe i wouldn't but like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a draft guy to be able to say that. And, and look, I'm not a draft guy, so I'm not going to be able to say that one way or the other. The people who I follow mm-hmm. who are draft people like the Lakers draft. And so like, that's, that's a good start for me. Um, are they, are they, are they inclined to be favorable towards the Lakers? Some yes, some no. Okay. Um, you know, I don't. I, I try to not just follow Lakers people because it sets my expectations for what the Lakers have to be able to do to compete in a very competitive league. Yes. But but yeah, I, I look, nothing happened today that makes me think, oh God, this season's for not. They're they they're 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 writing it in. Like, no, I, I they're they're mailing it in. No, I don't I don't feel that way at all. I, I am I do I am really excited to like go to Summer League and, and if these guys are still there, watch you know, uh, what's going to be a really interesting summer league team, right? Uh, Christie's probably going be to be a lot play. of wings. He better play. Uh, that's my time. My kind of team. I know. That's my kind of team. I know. <laughs> Just for you. Uh, uh, and they're going to be the, like Lou Williams is going to really like this team, right? Because they're going to be wearing uh, yellow. So they might be like the lemon pepper Lou Lakers. Like, <laughs> wow. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. uh, I don't know the answer to that. Sometimes it's white, but yeah, yes, the Lakers often wear yellow for summer league. So yeah, I, 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 I look, I think it was a fine draft. Um, I think the people who were going into it expecting like, even, even like when, when I was talking to people around the league, it was mostly like, yeah, they might, they might move that pick. It might be this, it might be that, but like, it wasn't, I, I never heard from anybody. They are, you know, it's more likely that they do than they don't. And I tried to, I tried to make that known. I said personally, and and this is where I have to cop to my own biases because my preferred outcome was would have been that they move seventeen and yeah. go out and get a starter for for a shooting guard. But um, you know, so when I predicted that I think they do move it or whatever, it it was more of a prediction. But when I was talking about like what I'm hearing, for the most part, all I was hearing was like we think it's going to be really active, but who the fuck knows? Like, I cannot stress enough how, how weird the CBA is, is with the second apron. Like it's the, the you, you call Steph the boogeyman. That second apron is the boogeyman around it, it the is. league, yeah, it you is. know? It is. Uh, and, and, and I think everybody is trying to figure out, like they're trying to build this plane while it's in midair, how to compete while avoiding the boogeyman. Um, and if you are going to, you, if you are going to experience the boogeyman, how can I blow way through it so that the, the benefits outweigh yeah, you the cost well. there? Yeah. You know, yeah. no, I agree with that. Like, yeah. What, what Phoenix is doing. I mean, Phoenix is going to be a disaster <laughs> a few years from now. 
but like winning a title means you never have to say you're sorry. I don't think they're going to win a title, but yeah, I mean, if we're not trying to like, I think we should encourage teams to do anything they can do within the rules to win a title. So yeah, they're going to be a disaster, but I do kind of agree with the strategy. Like I don't want to dip my toe into the second apron, right? Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to take all these penalties, I'm going to do as Matt Ishbia has done and give the middle finger to the CBA. I, they're not doing anything illegal. So I, 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 uh, I, give them props for for saying like fuck it we don't care <laughs> like, yeah cool y'all got your little apron and your cba we don't care yeah and we'll see and we'll see what it looks like you know but i would and- also say like i understand i don't think you're you're frustrated but like a little underwhelmed i guess is how i would how i'm reading no. your reaction no i i just think the draft was the draft i don't know enough about the draft like in terms of the i'm gonna be honest I probably should have done more studying up on the actual players, but no, I was so I was I was so hoping yeah. that seventeen would be yeah. a starter that like I you know that I didn't. So, so I have homework. But what I will say though is that, and I do understand whatever underwhelmingness you are feeling, uh, or disappointment maybe. Not disappointed Lukewarm. in those picks. Lukewarm is how I would. No, you're disappointed would... that the Lakers were not able to get somebody whose name you knew before today for that pick. <laughs> so I understand that, but my push, well, not pushback, but what I would say is, and I understand it because this, there are like certain tent pole, like markers of an NBA season. And draft yeah. night is one where I always say, I, I, this is like, other than Hennessy or unnamed cognac is delicious. My like probably catchphrase from, from our time podcasting together is deadlines create activity. Mm-hmm. So or white people um, stuff. Yeah, white people stuff, that's right. <laughs> I didn't like Harrison in our group chat was like I want to hear on Friday's episode about how We don't have you... time for that Harrison. And I'm like so. I'm not doing it. Like I don't even want to do that. It's too sad. Yeah. Uh, it's too depressing. Um but that is white people stuff. Anyway, um so deadlines do create activity and this is one of the times during the year where lots of movement happens, right? And so this is one time where I could say like, it feels like something didn't happen because today would have been one of the days where something would happen generally. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would say is there are still some more of those, right? Like free agency is upcoming. Like the roster as it is now is not the roster in October. So there's still time to iron out some things, work out some things. Um, Yeah. I'll say that (laughs) the roster as it is now is not, the roster I expect. Here's uh, here's in training camp. I'll just quickly summarize. No, you good? What? Why I feel the way that I do, and I would say lukewarm is like the best way to to describe it. Not not hot, not cold. Just kind of it is what it is. But the um, reason why today feels like a missed opportunity to you, I think, is because this is one of those moments in the NBA calendar where stuff happens. Yeah, and and we might be finding out that because of this new CBA, that might not be the case anymore. That like draft day is going to be a day where like thirty teams line up, take their guy, and then like everybody goes home. Um, I really think the CBA is going to be a disaster. But anyway, I don't. Um, I I so um, all last year, and I've I've told you this privately, but all last year, all I kept saying was give these guys a chance. Give Anthony Davis a chance. Give LeBron James a chance uh, to 
to, to, to take like a group of even decent role players and see what they can do with them, right? Give them a roster that makes even a little bit of sense and let's just see what they're able to do with it. And then they finally get it and they immediately go on a run, turn their season around, go from the 13th seed into the play-in, win the play-in, beat the two seed, beat the reigning champs. And yeah, they get swept in the Western Conference Finals, but they get swept in the Western Conference Finals by a combined, a total 24 points to the team mm-hmm. that eventually went out and beat the shit out of Miami um, mm-hmm. in, in the NBA Finals, right? So like, it's a pretty good team that they, that they lost in that series too. Indeed. And, and like, this is where, again, I have to like, I have to catch myself and catch my own biases here because I was so right in, in wanting a team that makes sense and to, in wanting those guys to have a chance at, at uh, competing with a team that makes sense. I was so right there that I can overextend that logic here and think, well, let's just keep that good money rolling after good. You know, let's just keep that. And, and it might be, you know, that the Lakers just overachieved in a weird part of the season where you have teams that are tanking more than they would earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, with a, a weird part of the season where injuries play a bigger role than they, when they, than and, they might normally and you have teams like Denver who just was so set where they were, they didn't care. Right. Yeah. So like it's, it's, you know, so you have, you have that weird sample size that, that comes into it, but that isn't the, that doesn't necessarily apply in the playoffs. And yeah, Memphis was shorthanded, but the Lakers still like, it was still a pretty lopsided six game series there. And by the end of the, by the end of like the Lakers beat the Warriors to an extent that Steph was sitting there on the sideline with a towel over his head while his season ended, you know, that usually is indicative of, of one team pretty being pretty, you know, noticeably better and tangibly better than the other. And again, yeah, they lost to Denver, but the team that they lost to wound up going out and winning a championship in like definitive fashion. Convincing. Yeah. Denver was the so, best team in the league. So like, I, I just, you know, when I, when I sit here and I'm kind of lukewarm from not, from not, um, you know, adding to a roster with more reliable, you know, I guess tested or, um, players that I am more comfortable gambling on next year. That's why is because like, it's an extension of the confirmation bias. It comes from being as right as I was last year and heading into this year thinking, well, why not, why not build on that? You know, and it's not to say that the Lakers didn't think that it's, I'm not saying that at all, but right. like with the way that I feel from this draft, it's because this doesn't necessarily align with what I thought was going to happen coming off of the amount of success that they had last year. Sure, except for that's ignoring the context that my analogy from earlier, like it requires that to be available. Yeah. You can wish and hope and want and have a vision all you want, but like if pick 17 comes up and there's nobody worth trading that for and the best guy that you have on your board is somebody that, you know, you possibly not the Lakers you possibly think like is going to take a little time and not a rotation guy. I don't know what else you're supposed to do, right? You got to take the best guy you can find and hope it works out and trust the scouting department and Joey and Jesse who have done a really good job at at this kind of thing for a while now. So I understand your frustration. Frustration is probably too strong of a word, but I understand why you're feeling like you feel, but that doesn't mean that you just like get to, snap your fingers and there are good options otherwise available. Like 
are you all that excited? About, like, are you really excited about Brooklyn's guys? Both of them, yeah. Like, if they were there together. But if it was just for one of them, meh. You know, I think I think Dorian Finney-Smith is a is is a good wing. Um, I think that I think fine. Dallas really gu- really missed him. He, he, he'll guard, he can guard you. He's fine. Like when when uh, you know er- everybody was really quick to blame uh, Kyrie Irving, and I'm not going to sit here and like defend Kyrie Irving or whatever. But like when Dallas the season went in the shitter after they traded for Kyrie Irving, it was like it wasn't because Kyrie Irving was bad. It's because they traded away their one good, physically gifted <laughs> defender. Um, and that kind of player, you know, that was, if, if you add Dorian Finney-Smith to the roster in that series there, you have one more guy to make Michael Porter Jr. Think a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you have one more guy to, to, you know, kind of throw and, 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 and see what you can do with, with, uh, Jokic, you know, one more guy to get ignored on offense, possibly altogether possible, but not to the extent that Vanderbilt was like, he's a better shooter than Vanderbilt. So I guess, um, you know, I, I just, I look at, I look at, you know, and look again, like you said earlier, we aren't, we aren't even disagreeing is the annoying thing here. There is still a shit ton of time for this to, mm-hmm. to all be figured out. And also, by the way, the Lakers, if that, let's just say they run it back, mm-hmm. they're going to be better than they were last year. Health, health, you know, permitting I'll knock on wood, but if, if they, if they run it back next year, they're going to be better because they'll have more time to figure out you know, oh, how, yeah, where everybody's going to be. The continuity that they haven't had. Yeah, been that they haven't had years. in years. Yeah. So, um, I, I, like I said, I'm lukewarm. I'm not upset. I'm not disappointed. I'm also not over the moon about it because, like, I can't, I can't get myself to, like, really get super excited about a project given what the Lakers actually need going into next year. Yeah. I mean, the, so I would be more with you. There were, like every team has their own draft board, right? And like, okay, Victor Webinyama is first on everybody's draft board. Okay, <laughs> like cool. But after that, there's some disagreement, right? There's some teams will have guys even maybe 20 or 30 spots different. But for the most part, people are kind of generally in, in similar tiers. There were two guys that the Lakers thought were possibly going to be available at 17. Um, that we're not, they just weren't right. And so the Lakers draft board went as it went. They, they took the highest rated guy. It was on one of those frustrating because I had a pretty good feeling for who the Lakers liked at that spot. And it was, you, you know how you do like a fantasy football draft and you're looking uh, at right. it, you're like, everybody, like, you're like, it's <laughs> always, you have somebody in the queue and you're like, nobody knows this dude. And it's always the guy right before you that takes him. Well, no, not only that, but like, they're like, you'll have multiple guys in the queue, right? You look, you're looking at it. You're like, all right, so I'm five picks away. I should probably have like three guys here, right? Three guys here and give me one of these three guys. And then bang, bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, I saw it happening. I was just like, you know, cause you know, you, you send all of these texts over the course of the day and I'm just like, man, they're they're probably pretty pissed in that, in that room right now. They're, they're I mean, <laughs> not, maybe not pissed or whatever, but like, you know, just, it's just the same, it's the same feeling that we have. This is what I can say without giving too much away. Uh, we need a sounder for that. The guy <sighs> that, the, the guy that was, the guy that was going to the Lakers, um, 
that was picked before, obviously, <laughs> picked before the Lakers could get him. Um, even his agent was like the team that ended up taking him like a couple picks before the team that took him, took him. Mm -hmm. Um, even his agent was like, he's, they're not taking him. He's going to be a Laker. Yeah. So it happens. This is what the draft is. It happens. Um, but I mean, like one thing I heard, and this is, this is an actual, this is an actual, um, like I mentioned this on the show, but then, um, after, after I said it on the show, I had somebody reach out to me and, and say, this is actually kind of how it's starting to play out. So this is actually um, a compliment to uh, the Lakers drafting and scouting department. But um, when teams find out that the Lakers are interested in like the Lakers scouting department are, mm-hmm. is interested in certain guys, everybody's kind of ears perk up. And it's like, you know, yeah. they're on, they're on a, they're on a bit of a hot streak. Yep. And they're looking at like, oh, what do they what do they see with this guy? You know, uh, I will also and that's say why, like that's part of why like the Lakers are so secretive as far as they're leaking. It's it, especially as it pertains to this is because like as soon as that word gets out there that that's somebody that they could potentially be looking at, other teams are looking at it, it's like, hmm. So the two guys that that were on the, that the Lakers, well, Shafina was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Was one of the guys that the Lakers had identified as somebody that could possibly be available and uh, want now to be fair, like for those that like don't watch a lot of college basketball and are not familiar with guys and just want to look at, you know, value. He was generally, you know, you could see him at, you could see him at like nine, 10 in, in mock drafts. Most mock drafts had him around 13. So that's a crude way of looking at it, but a crude way of saying that, you know, there's probably some value there at 17. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody else went before that who would have probably been the pick, but the Lakers are happy with who they ended up with. Now he's, I think he's going to be like, strangely enough, I think, and this is generally the opposite for, for young guys and rookies, but I think he's going to be able to contribute more defensively um, than offensively at first. I think he's mm-hmm. farther along defensively. And he's older, so yes, he's a freshman, but older, so his body's built up a little bit more. But to your point earlier, like those minutes are probably gonna go to go to uh, Max. So I, I get it. I, I'm excited I, I, for Max, by the way. Like I think Max is gonna be really good this year. I think he's gonna be one of those guys that people like. Like again, to the point I just made a second ago, people are gonna be like, "God, another guy? What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, we see this with the Dodgers all the time where the Dodgers will have interest in some player and other teams will ca- catch wind that the Dodgers are interested in that player. And they're like, Oh, what, are, what are they, what, what are we missing? Like, yeah. What do we, what, what do we, they know? We don't know. Yeah. What can we get in on here that the Dodgers are liking? Because the Dodgers have had such a run here of, you know, the Justin Turner's of the world and the Blake Trinan before he got hurt, you know, <laughs> like the, so many guys at the Lisa. <laughs> I don't even mean to do that one. He's just a good example of it. But like the, the guys who, you know, have the pedigree. No, keep going because there's more, there's more former A's there. So keep going. I, I just, you know, people, people get the point most, you know, but, but like, you know, the, the, the Laker, the Dodgers have, have found so many of those guys that when, when teams catch wind of 
you know, the Dodgers are looking at so-and-so other teams start looking at that. And like now what you're starting to get in, in baseball is agents floating that the Dodgers are looking at the guys, uh, that, you know, just so that, that maybe their guy can get a, a bit of a, a free agency. I had to go bump. to Blake Trinan. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it wasn't bad enough. My team is leaving. That would just like, it's had ripping my soul out, my baseball soul out. I had to Dude, get I, one more Blake Trinan in on the way. Okay, cool. I've, I've, I have my quibbles with uh, Adam Silver. I, I really do. Clearly, people, anybody who listens to the show or follows me on Twitter know that yes. I have my problems with, with Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. But fuck me, dude. The MLB commissioner, uh, whose name is, is I'm, I'm blanking Manfred. right now. Yeah, Rob Manfred. Um, I legitimately do not like that person. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're getting no argument from me. <laughs> like... You're when when no he's like when me. he's being a smart ass about uh, about uh you know um everything uh, uh, about like him. everything going on in Oakland I'm just like this guy man like at least <laughs> like Max Muncie Is he a former A? Uh-huh. I guess he was, huh? Huh. Yeah. Andre Ethier? Now, I mean like that was forever ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, that is going to do it here. I'm going to let you get back to your to your Lakers stuff. I have some homework to do yes. on some players whose names I am going to have to learn um, <laughs> as we prepare for uh, Vegas Summer League, which is only in a couple weeks when we get to start to see these guys uh, in action. The plan as of right now, after this, so I'm going to post this right when we're done talking. Oh, The plan right now is to talk to somebody tomorrow afternoon um, about uh about uh Jalen Jalen Hood Shafino, right? Do I have that? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm have some you. homework to do, brother. Do, do I have that? Did, did I have you it? have some homework to do? <laughs> that, that was it, right? That was that it. Is, J- you, you did J H S the acronym doesn't even like you did just fine, brother. Um so we are gonna talk about him specifically. Who was the second round pick again? Maxwell Lewis. That a boy. Maxi Lewis. Um <laughs> and it was the first round pick again. Jalen Hood Shafino. Where did he play? Indiana. Where did Lewis play? Pepperdine. There you go. Look, you're, yeah. you're now we're getting there. I'm a quick learner. Muscle memory. I'm a quick learner. <laughs> Muscle memory. You're getting there. Aaron, I greatly appreciate you hopping on, dude. I know how swamped you are today and how swamped you are immediately going to be after this conversation. Partially because I'm going to be peppering you with text for the rest of the night. I got it. Um, <laughs> I don't sleep much as it is. Tonight's going to be a long night, so um, I got you. But I, I, I do legitimately hope everybody who is listening to this at, at you know in your car tomorrow, whenever it might be, or watching this live right now, understand how cool it is to have somebody with the insight that Aaron does come on here and and deal with my bullshit. So Aaron, I, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Had a lot of fun on all access lakers with raj uh, during the draft that's always fun too so make sure you guys check out that when we go live there um and until you guys hear from us next i'm anthony irwin that was aaron larsoul and this was the lakers line